Welcome to Christian Medical and Dental Association's Chapel. We trust this message will encourage your walk with the Lord. Good morning, everybody. So thank you, Dr. Griffin, for asking me to come and share a little bit about uh, my missionary journey, which started right here, actually, about four years ago. I did my missionary orientation or training here before heading off to Capsuar um, at the beginning of 2020. Um, so the Lord has long put on my heart to serve him in international missions. I didn't know what form that was going to take. Dentistry kind of came as an afterthought after I was in college. Um, but in, I guess, early 2019, I got a phone call from Dr. Dick Furman, who is the founder of World Medical Mission, asking me if I would consider serving with them in Capsuar. And so I said, sure, I'd love to serve in Capsuar. Where is it? <laughs> and so um, about six months later, I had um, all my worldly possessions packed into three suitcases and was headed sight unseen to Capsuar Mission Hospital, like Dr. Griffin said, about eight hours northwest of Nairobi in Kenya. And so what I'd like to do this morning is just to share with you a little bit about what God has been doing in that part of the world over the past three years through dentistry. So with that, I'll say Karibu Kenya, just means welcome to Kenya. And, then, <laughs> and so just a quick map to orient those who are not too, too familiar with Kenya. It is a country in East Africa, and our neighbors are Ethiopia, South Sudan, Uganda, Tanzania, the Indian Ocean, and Somalia. So um, just remember that border up there with Ethiopia and South Sudan, because we're going to come back to that in just a minute. Um, here are a couple of pictures of what Kenya looks like if you haven't had the pleasure of being able to visit there, and I, I know many of you probably have. Um, so there are areas where it is lush and green and mountainous. This is kind of like what our area in Capsuar looks like. Um, and then there's also forbidding deserts. And so these are some of the areas that I get to travel to when we get to share the gospel in areas that have never had access to it before. And of course, no presentation about Kenya would be complete without a few animals, so here you go. <laughs> um, also, if you guys like slugs, there are any number of slugs that you can see. And in fact, you don't even have to go on safari to see these guys. They will come visit you in your own home. So if you want purple, black and white, anything in between. Um, Capsuar is the site of Kenya where the Olympic runners come from, and so um, we have a race that goes right through our village every year, so that's what this is. Um, and then it's also a country of extreme poverty, so we have five slums in the Nairobi area alone that are home to roughly a million people each. Um, and so there's just so much need in the country as well as the rest of the continent, um, but this being my home. Here's just a few things that have happened in the last three years during my time in Kenya. So this is a picture of our fuel crisis that we had last year. Um, and so this is what it looked like in Alderet, so one of the larger towns where um, Shell was the only station that could get fuel. And so you could line up for several hours in order to get a couple of liters. Or if you were in the village, like we were, we solved that problem by just not having any fuel at all. And so we couldn't go anywhere for a few months. Um, we also had a national election last year, and so this is what the campaigning looks like, where they just hire young guys to ride around on these vehicles that are painted with their favorite candidate, and may the loudest man win. And then this is their, uh, one of their common forms of public transportation, which are called picky pickies or boda bodas, these motorcycles. And the reason I took this one, I think this is the most people I've seen on one, which is actually five grown men. Um, but, you know, there could be more. I just haven't seen them. 
Um, so now I'd like to just introduce you to Capsuar. So this has been my home for the past three years. Um, this is what it looks like. So it's very green, agrarian, um, very rural up in the mountains. We're at an elevation of about 7,600 feet. Um, so even though we're right there on the equator, it actually gets quite chilly at night. Um, so it'll sometimes drop into the 40s, and I sleep under four blankets, and that's not what you think of when you think of Africa for sure. Um, this is my grocery store, so very fresh farm to market. Um, this is our staff housing that we have. So if you could see right through that, that wooden building right in the center, you would see my house. And so the round huts are where our staff live, and then the square building is the communal kitchen that they all share. And then you can see that they're growing some sukumawiki right there, the vegetation right outside their house, and then um, that's what they do. They grow, they're subsistence farmers, um, just grow what they need. This is our hospital, Capsuar Mission Hospital, started back in the 1930s. Um, but had, and so it's been the main hospital in that entire region for a number of years. This is the avenue through which the gospel had started spreading on our side of Kenya. Uh, but they had never had a dental clinic before. So years ago, some of the doctors started praying that a dentist would come out and help them. And so that is when they reached out to Samaritan's Purse, and that's how I got connected at GMHC to Capsuar Hospital. So I will welcome you to our clinic. So this was back at, in October of 2020. So keeping in mind the pandemic, international travel, shipping, everything was pretty much shut down. Um, and this is the time that I got there. And so um, our you know, language school was shut down. Everything was shut down. I had to trust the Lord for my daily bread. It was, it was really a missionary boot camp, if I can say it that way. Um, but through that, the Lord still provided everything that we needed to be able to get the clinic started. He just led me to the right people. And so in October, we were actually able to open the region's first dental clinic. Um, these are my two staff ladies. So we have um, on the left side is my assistant, and then on the right side is my receptionist slash gopher. And the three of us are the dental care team to 350,000 people. And so we are pretty busy. Um, but. This is how we start every morning. We start with devotions, and we get a chance to sing together, we get to pray together, and then we get to study the Word of God together. And through that, it's really just been a joy to see these two progress in their faith um, from just not knowing even very basic things that you might expect to learn in Sunday school to now the point where they are very involved in the ministry that we do in our clinic. And so this is what our clinic looks like. It looks relatively modern. Um, we do have some very basic but high-quality equipment there. And so even though we started off just doing extractions, as you might imagine, keeping in mind they've never had a dentist in this area, so they didn't really understand that there was the possibility of even doing treatment where you can actually leave the clinic with your teeth instead of just waiting until it just hurt unbearably and then having them extracted. Um, but you'll notice that we're actually not doing a procedure here. We are actually praying with our patient. And so what we get to do is when we see our patients, we start by taking their medical history, and then we take their spiritual history. So we find out, do they even know who Jesus is? Some of them have, and some of them haven't. And so then we just get to meet them where they are. So sometimes we get to share Christ with them for the very first time. Sometimes we get to encourage them and pray with them during a difficult time in their life. Sometimes we get to just counsel them from the Word of God um, regarding something that is pertinent to their life, whether they are students or whether they're young mothers, um, just anywhere that we can, or anything that we can do to point them towards Christ and encourage them in their walk with the Lord. 
So this patient, her name was Helen, um, just to give you an idea of some of the things that we're actually able to do out in the clinic now. And this is what she looked like when she first came in. Um, you can see that she might have been very embarrassed you know, to, to talk. She always had her hand over her mouth. She didn't really want to smile or anything like that. And so um, from, from the time where we would have had to just extract that, which would have been devastating for a young woman, um, we actually were able to do some restorative procedures on her um, and actually send her back um, much more confident. Um, this little girl, her name is Bridget. She's one of my favorite patients. She came to us when she was 13 years old. Uh, and she thought that she had some sort of dental condition that was causing all of her teeth to hurt. And so we did a full exam, took x-rays, couldn't find any obvious cause. And so I suspected she was probably grinding her teeth, um, which is a little unusual at that age. And so as we found out more about her and her history, we found out that she was born um, to her mom before her mother was married. And so as a result of that, her family um, just kind of they abused her quite significantly. Um, men in the village would abuse her, and so she thought that she was a mistake and that she should never have been born. And so we had the chance to actually share with her that she was created by a God who loves her and does not make mistakes, and that she, he had a purpose for her life and that he loved her enough to die for her. Um, we actually got to share the gospel with her, and she came to know the Lord during her dental appointment, and then made subsequent dental appointments, not for like a dental procedure, but just to talk to us and pray with us. Um, and then she invited me to her eighth grade graduation, and so she actually finished eighth grade. And this picture she sent to me after I came back to the States, she's now in high school. So we're just so grateful for all that God is doing in her life and the part that we got to play as well. This little boy, his name is Sylvanus. He was 11 when he came to see us, and um, he has a pretty severe developmental delay as well as epilepsy, and so he's nonverbal, and he also doesn't walk. And so one day, he started just like slapping himself in the face, and his mom was trying to figure out what was going on. And finally, she thought, this maybe has something to do with one of his teeth. And so she tied him on her back, like you can see here, and walked for two hours to get to our clinic. Uh, we put him in the chair. He immediately tried to jump out of the chair. Um, but then when we kind of gently held him down, I, I believe the Lord just spoke to him. He opened his mouth like he knew we were trying to help him. And so we were actually able to get in there and remove the tooth that was causing the problem and send her home with a children's Bible. Of course, we don't know how much he understands, but it's the first opportunity that his mother has had to actually share anything about the Lord with him and also with his siblings. So just some of the things that we get to do. And then, of course, we have cases that we're just not trained on how to handle here in the U.S. Um, so we get a lot of trauma cases. You saw those five guys on the motorcycle sometimes as they're coming up the hairpin bends to get to the clinic. They'll just fly right off of the motorcycle and bust their face. And um, so we do a lot of trauma care. And then we see a lot of pathologies that we just don't see very much of here in the U.S. And so the Lord just opened this opportunity for me to do about six months rotating at one of the national referral hospitals, only two in the country that had an oral surgeon. Um, where I got to learn not everything, but a lot that we're now able to offer as services to our patients in Capsuar, and through that we get to share Christ with them. So beyond what we do in the clinic, the Lord has just opened so many doors for ministry in our community, one of them being reaching the children, which I think is just incredibly important. Um, so on the left side you'll see is a school. Um, we've gotten a chance to go into a number of area schools. And then on the right side is a children's home. And so just keep in mind, like I said, this is an area that's never had a dentist. There's never been a dental public health campaign or a stop the pop campaign or anything like that. So there's no, they don't understand the connection between sugar and cavities. In fact, I, I'm sure you've heard this too, Dr. Chubb, they think that um, they, they're actually taught that 
Um, chewing sugar cane strengthens your teeth. So you can kind of get an idea of what I'm up against. I'm preaching heresy over there, trying to tell them not to do that. Um, but it's a really incredible opportunity to share the Christ with them as well. Um, so I get to tell them that just like sugar is what's causing these holes and this pain in your mouth, and then you have to come see me to get it fixed. This is exactly what sin does in your life, and then you have to go see the great physician. And so it's just been a great segue into sharing the gospel in a number, number of the area schools um, because nowadays in Kenya, even in rural Kenya, our kids are facing the same things that they are facing here. Um, direct marketing through the internet and everyone's got a cell phone. And so they're facing things like elementary school age suicides, which are just spiking like no other. Um, sexual deviancy, involvement in occult practices, and there isn't anyone there to teach them that there's a better way and that God can rescue them from that. And so um, going into the schools has been one of the highlights of my time there and one of the things that I'm hoping to really expand on when I get back to Kenya. And then this is probably the best part of the work that I've been able to do there in Kenya. The Lord led me to a team of Kenyan pastors, indigenous, an indigenous ministry that was started by a man from North Kenya. So remember that border with Ethiopia that we saw. So that whole area, as you might imagine, bordering South Sudan, Ethiopia, and Somalia is fully Muslim. And so the gospel is still relatively new, and there are certainly areas where it has never made inroads. And so this man was raised in a Muslim family. He ended up with um, cerebral cerebral malaria and was on his deathbed and came to Christ through a teacher who actually came to visit him in the hospital with bread and milk and shared Christ with him. And so when his family found out that he had come to Christ, they rejected him, had a funeral for him, stopped short of actually killing him because that's illegal in Kenya. And um, anyway, he made his way down to Nairobi, eventually became a pastor, and then the Lord put it on his heart to reach out to the unreached tribes in Kenya with the gospel. So we still have a number of unreached tribes in Kenya. And so one of the ways that they do that is through um, medical ministries. So many of the people that we work with have been threatened with death or they have experienced death of family members um, because of their faith. But what we get to do is we get to travel. <laughs> so what I do is I get myself into Nairobi and then we'll board this green truck and then we'll drive 12, 14, 16 hours. And then, I don't know if you can see my little pointer, but there's a, a box there on the ground with a yellow lid. So that's my dental clinic that I get to take with me. Um, and then we do a couple of things. So the first thing we do is we get to train the local team in community health evangelism, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. So just very basic health interventions that they can do to help reduce the burden of disease and death. So for example, washing your hands before you prepare your food to hopefully reduce the rate of diarrhea, which is a leading cause of young death of young children. Um, or brushing your teeth to avoid getting a cavity or a dental abscess, which can and unfortunately does very commonly kill people in that area. And so then what we do is we go into homes. Um, these are homes that would not be open to having a Christian come. And so this is actually the very first visit I ever did with one of the teams there. And these ladies, they saw us coming. They knew we were Christians. And they openly said, we don't want to hear what you have to say. We don't need your God 
keep walking. Um, and the pastor said, well, actually, we have some things we'd like to share with you as far as, like, are your children having any sickness right now or anyone having pain? Um, and then they actually said, um, yes, our grandmother is having a toothache. And I was like, perfect. So <laughs> we actually got to go into the home. And you can see that we're, I'm with one half of the team. We're actually examining the patient there. Um, and the other half of the team had gathered a group of teenagers and had already started sharing the gospel with them. Um, and actually, two of the boys had accepted Christ just in that first visit. And so um, these people are very, very bold. They have a heart to share Christ with their own communities. They don't have language barriers. They don't have cultural barriers that they have to overcome. They just need a way in. And so we get to come alongside of them and help provide that. And so after we've done some of these community health evangelism trainings, what we do is we do a medical camp the week after that. And so um, you can see me. I'm putting together our sterilizer, which is just a pressure cooker that we put over a burner. And then we'll set up in like a tent or under a tree. Sometimes if there's a building, um, we'll get to use that. And then we get to um, provide medical care and dental care to them. So these are areas where people have to walk for miles, sometimes days, to get to the nearest medical facility. A lot of times they will die along the way. And so we always ask the authorities permission before we come. And without exception, we've always been allowed to come because it's so desperately needed in that area. And what this does is, number one, it gives these Christians kind of favor in the eyes of the authorities. So at one time, they would be considered a risk to their way of life or people to be avoided, rejected, persecuted. But now they've actually brought something of value into the communities, and so they enjoy a level of protection and sometimes even respect in their communities, freeing them up to share Christ with the people that they have grown up with. Um, and who, who they live amongst. But the other thing that it does is it really gets the attention of the communities because these are areas where violence is just a way of life. Um, I remember one place that we went, we had gone through an area where all the buildings, everything had just been burnt out and we, were, we asked them what happened here. Like this, this doesn't, I mean, there wasn't a forest fire, there's no trees. And so um, they told us that actually one of the tribes there had just massacred the other tribe two months ago. Um, and the man that was with us was the one responsible for stitching people's heads back on just to be able to give them a proper burial. And so these are areas where it's just like the us versus them mentality. If you're different from me, you're going to get me or I'm going to get you first. But this is the first time they've actually seen love or compassion from people who are very different from them, not just a different tribe, but a different religion altogether. Um, and it really gets their attention and it gives these church planters the platform to be able to share why. Why did we come? What, why are we doing this? Um, especially these foreigners. Why did they come all the way out? here. And we have just seen, um, first of all, we've seen people come for medical care. So that's what this picture is. You think nobody lives in these areas and they just come from the woodwork. Um, just a couple of pictures of the medical and dental care that we do. But we have seen the gospel just spread like a wildfire. Um, last year, I think we saw 15 churches planted in these areas that have never had a church before. Um, we've seen believers in tribes that have never had a believer before. Um, and uh, this past January, so I've been home since April, but the place that we were in January, um, they baptized 75 new believers by March. And so the gospel is just spreading, and it's just such an honor to be able to be a part of that. Um, so with that, I have a video, Rusty. Um, that it will kind of summarize everything very nicely.
Kapsawar is a small village in the mountains of northwest Kenya and has been my home for the past three years. My name is Dr. Karen Abraham. I'm a dentist and I've been serving for the past three years at Capsuar Mission Hospital, where I helped start the region's first dental clinic, providing dental services to a population of about 350,000 people. Oral health conditions are actually the number one health condition in the entire world. That's estimated about 3.5 million people have oral health diseases of various types, whether that's dental decay or periodontal disease, oral cancer, and three out of four of those individuals are in low and middle income countries. So it is extremely prevalent across the entire world, but especially in under-resourced regions. Most of my time is dedicated to providing oral health services in our dental clinic. When patients come to us, we talk with them about the Lord and we also pray with every one of our patients. In addition, I've had the opportunity to go out into the communities, especially into the schools, and teach the young people about both oral hygiene and also the importance of their relationship with the Lord. Additionally, I've been able to go out into some of the more outlying areas of Kenya where there has never previously been any gospel witness. There, I help train local church planters in community health evangelism so that they can go into homes and teach people about oral hygiene and in the process, share with them the love of Christ. We also do medical and dental camps in these areas where patients have to walk for miles just to get to the nearest medical or dental facility. As a result of these efforts, we saw five churches planted in just one year in places where there had never been a church before. We're happy for Karen that she came and started the tent of series, cleans the our teeth and also removing some bad ones. We are happy for her. Maybe can support her to stay here for long. Yeah, thank you so much. Karen Abraham here at Capsular Hospital is assisting us with a mandibular distraction on a young lady from Somaliland. The skills that Karen adds to this surgical technique are significant and will make a profound difference in this young lady's life. We are so grateful to have, to my knowledge, the only full-time American trained and board certified dentist on the continent. Thank you.
my time here in Kenya, I've really been able to be on the cutting edge of Kingdom Expansion, which is really humbling. Um, just opening the doors for the gospel through oral health care um, and just seeing um, churches planted in places where they never existed before. And so there's always a need for prayer support um, when we go into these somewhat dangerous places and also for provision of our supplies and materials, which are a little harder to get to here in Kenya. Um, and there's always a need for financial support, especially as I prepare to come back here to Kenya. So if the Lord has laid it on your heart to be a part of this ministry, we would love to be able to partner with you in the future. So after being back here, which is, like I said, where it all kind of began for me, um, I would ask that you just please keep us in prayer. Like I mentioned in the video, we do travel into somewhat dangerous areas, so just pray for our safety. Pray that God will continue to keep the doors open for the gospel in some of these areas. As we know, Africa is changing very rapidly, um, and so just pray that um, God will continue reaping his harvest um, as we continue serving him there. Um, I am raising my support, and so just an update there, I'm at about 60%, so just keep praying that that will get to 100%. My goal is to be back in Kenya by January, um, and then definitely would invite each and every one of you to come and visit Capsuar at some point, um, whether that's through GHO or just coming to see the work independently. So with that, I'll say asanteni sana, which just means thank you very much. I don't know that we have time for questions, but I'll be around if anyone has anything that they'd like to ask me. So thank you all so much for this opportunity to share, and I hope that it was really a blessing to you.